IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. Rather than looking at multiple programs to help your child in different subjects, one subscription gets you everything with IXL Learning, and all the kids in your home work off once from pre-K to 12th grade. If your child is struggling, this is the smartest investment you can make. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com IXLAV. Visit IXL.com IXLAV to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Let's move to our running back rankings. I got Saquon at number one against Detroit. No brainer here for me. No, yeah, it's no. Detroit. Amazing matchup. It's Saquon. The dude had 35 carries last week. Like, let's calm down a little bit, Brian Dable. Like, yeah. we like volume, but 35 might be overkill. Yeah. Against, against the Texans of all teams. Like, why don't you put some, like, Matt Burrito, you know, he got six carries, too. Maybe just put him in for those carries. You know, yeah. we don't need to overly wear out Saquon Barkley. Uh, we didn't want him to get injured, and we don't want to, you know, cause any any potential for him to get injured beyond what is necessary for the game. And that's kind of what we saw last week. Obviously, if you had him in fantasy, that you're okay with it, but um, in terms of the week-to-week production, but lifelong, you know, career-wise, you know, you don't want to put too much mileage on him. Saquon even Barkley. Season-long, even season-long-wise, like, you don't want to hit. I, yeah. I'd rather split those 35 carries up in, in two games, you know, and yeah, then use him in the passing game a little bit, maybe. Saquon Barkley <laughs> is a slam dunk against the Lions. I mean, bottom yeah. line. So Austin Eckler at number two against the Chiefs team, giving up the second most receptions to running backs this year. He had nine catches the last time these two played all the way back in week two. He's pretty much Justin Fields' number one wide receiver without Keenan Allen and Michael Williams, assuming that those guys don't play. Yeah, you said Justin Fields. Oh, I'm sorry. Justin. <laughs> there you go. The Justins. With the the Justins. Justins. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. I have both of them on one fantasy team. I get them confused. But yeah, Austin Eckler is going to be fantastic for you again this week just because it's Kansas City, the matchup. Um, he was a little quiet last week. But all of his production came off receptions, which is, you know, pretty much has been his MO. And that's not going to stop, especially with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen now. Especially against the Chiefs, too. Yeah. Everything is pointing in the right direction for his receiving workload. Derrick Henry at three against Green Bay tonight. Uh, this defense is vulnerable, you know, to the ground game. And it's a Thursday night. So running backs get a boost on Thursday night. So if Derrick Henry gets a boost, you got to move him up to number three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick Chubb against Buffalo in Buffalo. You know, we'll see if this game actually takes place in Buffalo or not. Um, but Buffalo has been gashed lately. 
you know, on yeah. the ground. Like Dalvin Cook last week, uh, 114 for 119. I'm sorry, 14 carries for 119 yards and a touchdown. Michael Carter the week before, 12 carries for 76 yards and a touchdown. Aaron Jones the week before that, 20 carries and 143 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. So fire, fire Nick Chubb up this week. You know, regardless of what the weather looks like, regardless of all that, you know, he's not somebody that I would be worried about when it comes to the weather. Would you say, yeah, would you say maybe Nick Chubb gets a boost in the weather? You know, if they play this in Buffalo, would know. it be a boost? I, you know, because think I don't about know it. if it's a boost. Um, Jacoby Brissett, do you want to put the ball in his hands with <laughs> like these massive snowflakes falling and two two inches every ten minutes of you know accumulation on the yeah, ground? Maybe. I mean, maybe you might you might just have Nick Chubb. I might give him a boost. I mean, it's tough to say. Would you boost him over Derrick Henry? No. I don't think so. But oh, by the way, uh, Derrick Henry is not going up against Detroit. It's so it shows that he's going up against Detroit here on this graphic here. He's going up. Uh, if, in case you're not listening to us, right. uh, he's going up against Green Bay tonight. Um, but no, I don't think so. I think I'll leave Nick Chubb at number four, you know, because I like Derrick Henry tonight too. Would, would his ceiling go up at all? I mean, obviously the know. ranking doesn't, you know, reflect. I don't the know ceiling. if it does. I don't know because his ceiling is already pretty high. I guess it's I true. Know. Yeah, because I, I think of Nick Chubb in perfect conditions too, and I feel like he'll still like dominate. <laughs> right, know? that's true. But if anybody's built to handle the elements, it's Nick Chubb. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I have CMC at number five this week against Arizona. Um. You know, this is like this, these rankings are like my confidence scale, pretty much, and and you know these top five, and CMC is going to get the work. I I I think most weeks he'll near twenty touches, you know, with a good percentage of that coming in the receiving game. Yeah, he wasn't so efficient last week on the ground, but I don't expect that to continue. Like that's not his thing. Like he's mm-hmm. a, an efficient running back, and the Cardinals are giving up eight yards per reception to running backs this year. They've given up, given up the fifth most receptions to running backs over the last four weeks, uh, but with Elijah. Mitchell, pretty involved last week, uh, you know, and out carrying CMC. And then Cal Shanahan's comments around keeping the guys, you know, relatively close in terms of carries. Um, I have I had to bump CMC down a little bit, but he's still top five. Yeah. The talent is there. And like I said, this is uncharted territory for Christian McCaffrey and his managers. Um, I'm not worried about it just yet. I think they can talk the talk. You know, obviously last week was a little bit concerning, but I want to see him walk a walk for more than one week with, you know, Elijah Mitchell vulturing some carries from Christian McCaffrey. And at the end of the day, you're not going to keep Christian McCaffrey off the field, you know, in favor of Elijah Mitchell for most of the game. We might see Christian McCaffrey's snaps come down from what they were. He might settle into a 60-65% snap share, but I'm okay with that. As long as he's getting the touches in the receiving game and, you know, he returns to his efficiency, his efficient ways on the ground, I'm not worried about it at all. He's going to be doing this making the big plays for them. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, not Christian McCaffrey. Elijah Mitchell might rip off a run here too. Um, but McCaffrey's going to be the guy still, even with um, Elijah Mitchell playing a little bit more than we anticipated. He's going to be a top five play every week anyway, unless something more drastic happens where suddenly Elijah Mitchell is the lead back. But that is not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Alvin Kamara at number six. Uh, at some point, we're going to see him get those targets again. Right, like he went from nine, nine, ten targets to four and four over the last two weeks against Baltimore and Pittsburgh, and you know hopefully this can be a get right game for him against the Rams. Um, you know we know who he is, and I'm assuming that the last two weeks are anomalies. Yeah, and you know we'll see that hopefully he can come back. And you know Andy Dalton is starting again this week, so there's a good chance that he gets involved in the pass game once again. Yeah, you just got to hope for the best. I mean, I wasn't expecting uh, the matchup against the Ravens last week to be as bad as it was. You know, they kind of 
made a big statement. Their, de- their defense in Baltimore looked a lot better than I anticipated on Monday night. Um, I wouldn't hold this against Alvin Kamara. Regardless of what happens, you know, they're going to continue to feature him. He got nine carries and four targets. That's not what, exactly what you want to see, but he's going to be one of the big contributors um, as long as this offense struggles. You know, if you're going to get the ball in anybody's hands, I mean, Chris Olave is there, but Alvin Kamara is the go-to. He's going to continue to do his thing. Before earlier this season, I was worried about him, but after seeing the way he was used, you know, the few weeks before he kind of cooled down, I'm not worried about him at all. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not either. I'm not panicking or anything like that, but you know, start him, start him. Yeah. Josh Jacobs against Denver. I have him at number seven this week. I can see Jacobs getting some solid volume this week. He had serious volume last week against Indy. Twenty-one carries, eight targets. That's what you want to see, right? That weighted opportunity that we were talking about a couple weeks ago, you know, it looks like that's back, right? And yeah. uh, Denver has given up 4.8 yards of carry. So if Jacobs can get in volume, which I think he would with this game, you know, I don't think it's going to get out of hand, you know, given how bad the Broncos offense is, he should get it done this week. And, you know, Preciser actually has the Raiders winning this game by four points and with Josh Jacobs to have a 67.5% chance of scoring. That's a high number. And that's yeah. the highest in this game. So yeah. fire up Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I, I I like Josh Jacobs, but not I don't love Josh Jacobs. So I see the guy we have ranked below him, Dalvin Cook at eight. I might put Dalvin Cook above Josh Jacobs this week just because Denver's defense, it's good. You know, obviously you mentioned the 4.8 yards per carry statistic, but that wasn't the case last week against Derrick Henry. Um, they were able to keep him in check. And I think, you know, their defense is good enough to keep Josh Jacobs in check too. Um, I would maybe put Dalvin Cook over Josh Jacobs in these rankings. Yeah, I can understand that. I get it. But last week's game against Derrick Henry, that was an anomaly for this defense. Like, they were able to just, like, shut him down where they haven't been able to shut down running backs like this entire, this entire league. You know, I get it because, like, you know, if Derrick Carr struggles and they can't sustain drives, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, and this game is in Denver. So I can I can I can understand that. Um, I don't think Cook, Denver is going to be like getting ahead to the point where Josh Jacobs becomes obsolete. I don't know yeah. if you saw the one statistic that's been floating around a lot recently, but if the Broncos could have scored 18 points in regulation in their games, all their games, like 18 points per game, they'd be eight and one because of this defense. <laughs> that's just that's just disheartening. But yeah, so that tells you what you need to know about the Broncos offense. They're not going to pull away. It's going to be a competitive game. Neither of these teams are really going to pull away. And even if the Raiders pull away, we know their MO this season has been give up, you know, the 17 plus point lead. Um, so it's going to be a competitive game. Yeah, no, I love the eight targets that I saw last week. That, that's 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 very, very, that's what you want to see, you know, right. and I hope that he keeps getting it. Um, and then you mentioned Dalvin Cook against Dallas. Like regardless of the matchup, it seems like Dalvin Cook has found his groove. Right, he's yep. getting it done, uh, and he's at home this week, so that helps a lot. Um, Joe Mixon at number nine, tough matchup on the ground, you know, but he's coming off that fifty-five point fantasy game last week. He's an RB one play uh, in Pittsburgh. I like the usage, you know, that he's seen in the past game, the last couple of weeks, like nine targets in week eight, you know, five targets in week nine. Um, so you know, pretty solid. And I'm hoping that that usage in the past game continues. He does get taken off the field a lot like in a lot of passing situations, but at least he's running a lot of routes on early downs because this is a pass first offense. Yeah. I like Joe Mixon. You can't say that he's not going to be an RB one play after 55 points. That wasn't fluky either. That was just based on the usage. Um, The touchdowns caught up to him. We're not obviously expecting five touchdowns every week. We're not expecting, I don't think even two touchdowns against his Pittsburgh defense, but you know, uh, he, he has the ability to do that. 
it's hard to project more than one touchdown for a player in a game. But I'd say Joe Mixon is a pretty solid bet um, to start and do well for you this week. His ceiling isn't like the other guys on this list. Obviously, it's funny saying that after he scored 55 points. <laughs> but um, as Jamar Chase gets healthier, it's going to become um, more difficult for him to get those targets. So maybe you'll be good these next few weeks. He might get some more targets, some more inflated passing volume um, these next few weeks. But once Jamar Chase is back, uh, he's a difference maker. He might see his um, targets go down a little bit. But for this week, you're good. I got Jonathan Taylor back in the top 10. you love against, to see it. Against Philly. At home, uh, short week for the Eagles. You know, we saw the Washington running backs control this game with the run game last week. We saw Damian Pierce get it done the week before with 139 rushing yards. We saw Najee Harris and Jalen Warren be relatively efficient against them the week prior. We saw Zeke Elliott be efficient against them before their bye week. You see the names that I'm spitting out here? Yeah. Um, <laughs> James Conner was efficient against them the week before that. So what I'm saying is this. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor can have a good day especially, you know, given his new role as the bell cow with Naheem Hines gone. Yeah, and we talked about his role a lot yesterday. The snaps are way up. You know, he's getting looks in the receiving game and the running game. Um, and I, I kind of pinned him. You know, if the Colts want to have any continuity and any success, continued success at offense, it's going to run through Jonathan Taylor. Um, Jeff Saturday seems to have gotten that, uh, uh, that the memo. So they know what they have at running back now. With Matt Ryan starting, I like his prospects a whole lot more, especially in the receiving game. We talk a lot about that. Um, there's nothing not to like at this point with Jonathan Taylor. As long as he's healthy, he seems like he's back. You know, we said he showed shades of vintage Jonathan Taylor, even though he's still relatively young, you know, as far as running backs go. But um, I think he belongs in this top 10 easily. And he has, I, I think, top top, top four upside. Uh, he, I don't think he has the upside of guys like Saquon Barkley and Austin Eckler this week. But Jonathan Taylor has a lot higher upside than, you know, he might have had in the past few weeks. Yeah. Okay, so that's our top 10. Let's move on to 11 through 20. Uh, we have Ramondre Stevenson at number 11. He's going to have the passing down role for the rest of the year. Ty Montgomery is having season-ending surgery, so Stevenson has zero competition at this point in the pass game. Yeah. And we'll see if Damian Harris moves into moves into that workload just a little bit after their bye with him getting healthier. But at this point, you just got to think that Stevenson you know, continues the ball as he's been doing all year long. This is a tough matchup against the Jets, but last time around, he had 23 opportunities for 140 yards, right? And, like, yeah. you know, it's going to happen. Like they, they just played each other a couple weeks ago. Um, so, fire up Ramondre Stevenson pretty easily. Damian Pierce at number 12 against Washington. We got David, David Montgomery at 13. Uh, this might be high for some, for David Montgomery, and maybe for you too, Zach, but without Khalil Herbert there, like, all the running back opportunities are going to go Montgomery's way. Um, I think, you know, he can easily have 20 opportunities this week against Atlanta. Um, you know, he's a good player, and I'd expect him, you know, to give you a very solid floor. And, you know, if he scores, I think he has a 20-plus point ceiling. Yeah, he's back to being that ideal RB2 play, you know, that we kind of had him for heading into the season, assuming Cleo, Her Cleo Herbert can, you know, take carries like he's been these past few weeks. But the workload is going to be there. My only concern with David Montgomery is Justin Fields, um, the way he's been playing. I don't anticipate another 100-yard rushing game from Justin Fields, but, you know, it remains to be seen. This terror could continue. Um, but the statistics would tell you that this type of performance, you know, 40-point performances back-to-back-to-back, the chances of that are pretty unlikely. I think this offense could get a little bit more balanced now, um, hand the ball off a little bit more to, to uh, David Montgomery. If, if, if he gets 15 touches, he's going to have a, a nice day for you. And that's, I think, is well within reach in this game because Atlanta, 
you know, they're not a high powered offense. It'll be competitive the whole the whole time, hopefully. And if it goes either way, I don't see the Bears falling behind big in this game. If it's gonna go, you know, if it's gonna be lopsided in one direction, it'll be Dave Montgomery and the Bears, you know, kind of just salting the game away after taking a lead early. One hundred percent. Let's go on to Aaron Jones. We mentioned him uh, earlier a couple times. Uh, James Conner, we have him at fifteen. You know, tough matchup for Conner against San Francisco, but his opportunity last week was serious. Yeah, twenty-four opportunities, ninety-six percent of snaps. He's playing every role out of this backfield right now. Two-minute, uh, third and long, early down. I mean, everything. Right? Obviously, ninety-six percent of snaps. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that they this team showed all those like. All of those roles, like, kind of were in this game. Like, we saw the two minute offense. We, so, we saw James Conner on the field. We mm-hmm. saw these third long situations. We saw him on the field for every one of those snaps. That's what you want to see. And they just, they just cut Eno Benjamin for whatever reason. No idea why, <laughs> but they yeah. just cut him. So, this is a high end RB1 type of opportunity here. Now, I'm not ranking him as an RB1, obviously. Uh, this kind of opportunity, though, is why I had him ranked so high coming into the year. Uh, that didn't work out. But maybe there is some sort of consolation. Yeah. And if you kept him for this long and you drafted him, you know, and now he's helping you at the at crunch time, cross your fingers, hope he can stay healthy. And if he does and he has this role for the rest of the season, this dude can help you win a league. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that buying James Conner after what we saw in week nine was a good idea. Yeah. How much higher do you think he would move maybe if this A wasn't San Francisco and B, they had Kyle Murray? Would you move him much higher? So if this okay, so uh, this is here. This is what I'm going to say. Stay with I a neutral expect, matchup on the ground, just a middle. So middle back I'll, I'll let, can I, let me reframe your question a little bit. Okay, right. so are, you mean for this week, right? Yeah, Kyler Murray's healthy, not going up against San Francisco. Neutral matchup. He'll be definitely above Aaron Jones, above David Montgomery, above Damian Pierce. He'll probably be at twelve. Maybe All right, 11. so a low end, maybe even higher. Maybe I, even I think higher. he could be. You know. If he shows us shades of what he did last season, you know, just a touchdown machine, then maybe I think we could put him a little bit higher. Um, but the workload is definitely really something that's uh, good to see. I think that's going to be tough this week, but don't be disenchanted if he has a, a rough game, you know, in this box score. Look at the underlying usage after this week. I think it's going to continue to be more of the same. He might actually get more touches because, you know, Kyle Murray might be out. And if Colt McCoy can't go, uh, it's going to be the James Conner show. That's going to be how they could try and power this offense. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, but he, I'll, I'll say this. If this offense is rolling, like if Kyler Murray's back, Hopkins is healthy, Rondell Moore's healthy, uh, Hollywood is healthy yeah. in a couple weeks, James Conner's healthy and playing this role, I would not be surprised if James Conner finishes top five, top six, top seven, you know, on a week-to-week basis. I would yeah. not be surprised at all. Basically what he did last year at the end and of the that, year. That, that's what you can hope for. And we kind of see it coming. It's on the horizon with Marquise Brown, like you said, getting healthy. Maybe they just hold Kyler Murray out in hopes of recapturing that, you know, getting that type of performance from him. But we'll see. I think James Conner, he should be an all right start for this week. That's what I kind of expect for him, just an all right performance. Um, I don't think his upside is very high, but moving forward, he got a really good upside. Yeah, no, 100%, man. Um, if you have him and, and you couldn't trade him, right, because he was like hard to trade <laughs> yeah. uh, away, like this, this might be good news. For you moving forward um so yeah so we have jamal williams at 16 um you know we'll daniel Smith is going to play obviously but you know he hasn't seen that many touches so you know the giants defense is solid but they are vulnerable against the run game and 
you know, this is one of those situations where, you know, if if the Lions can move the ball a little bit and they got some golden opportunities, Jamal Williams is the guy he scored last week. His first one touchdown game of the season. Yeah. Can you believe it? what week 10, one touchdown. That is all. Mark it down, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, we have Miles Sanders at 17 here. Uh, Tony Pollard at 18 against Minnesota. Tough matchup. And with this ranking uh, of Pollard at number 18, I'm I'm assuming that Zeke plays this yeah. week. If Zeke doesn't play, I would move Pollard up to like a top seven or eight running back. Like maybe, yeah, yeah something like that. Um, he would it's be amazing. a must play. Yeah, it's uh, amazing the way that... It's amazing the way that you know he, they said that he was his he was his ceiling was going to be thirty snaps, and then he comes out and plays as much as he did last week. Like, in a close game, when it really comes down to it, you got to give your best player the touches, right? Like yeah. that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, and that's what happened. Um, so that's hilarious that it happened like the week after he said that. Um, but this <laughs> yeah, is not- a tough matchup on the ground. Minnesota is a very very good run <clears throat> defense. Um, but if we're expecting. Dak Prescott to be successful through the air. That means they're going to be able to sustain drives. They're going to be able to move the ball. They're going to have some red zone opportunities. So, you know, Pollard is still in play as a very, very, very solid RB2. Yeah, I think so. Even with Zeke playing, yeah, I think he's definitely earned some more touches and some more snaps, maybe even a majority, you know, moving forward. Um, I can see it, especially with Zeke banged up still. Yeah. And Zeke, he uh, like you said, he is a little bit banged up. He's an early down back, but you know we've seen this type of situation happen before. With you know Brian Robinson is the early down back, and he's pretty much running, and that's it. Um, and Antonio Gibson's getting receptions. I think Tony Pollard is he. Well, I, I don't think I know he's the best running back in Dallas right now. Um, he's going to have more money touches, more productive, um, opp- more opportunity to produce in terms of the receiving game. I think than Zeke, and that's really what you want in terms of an RB two. You know he has the upside. That's pretty ridiculous compared to what Zeke is. I can see it. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery All Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Um, Antonio Gibson at number 19 uh, against Houston. Good matchup here. Um, you know, I think he could be efficient with his touches. He's the he's a three down back for them. I, I like him this week. Uh, obviously, Brian Robinson, I have him here also in my top 30. Uh, but I like Gibson more because he's going to be involved in the pass game. Yeah. Devin Singletary at number 20, you know, like we'll see. Like with the snow, like maybe this ends up being an advantage for him whether the, the Bills want to run the ball. Devin Singletary is the guy who runs the ball for them. Um, we saw him in a game where Josh Allen was relatively limited last week in terms of throwing. They gave Singletary the ball on the goal line, and he got two touchdowns. Right. Um, I'm interested to see when, you know, Nine Hines comes into the picture with the Bills because Devin Singletary, I didn't expect him to kind of just be dominating the backfield the way he has. I mean, granted, they haven't, you know, put Nine Hines on the field that much at all, but I- I'm wondering when he comes into the picture because – 
you know, we can keep ranking Devin Singletary up here, um, at least for the time being. But I, at some point, Naeem Hines has to, you know, vulture some of these touches. And it's going to kind of make Devin Singletary an RB3, I think, if they give him the touches that, you know, Naeem Hines deserves. It's just a little confusing to me that they traded for him and they haven't used him yet. Yeah, it is confusing. I mean, Naeem Hines, he had 8% of snaps last week and 8% of snaps the week before. Yeah. So, like, we didn't even see a, a, an upgrade in in snaps for him from week to week, which is super interesting. We assumed um, after that first week that he'd get more. We're like, oh, just wait till next week. We'll see yeah, how he gets used. And would, it's it's but, just weird. Like, I'd hope this isn't the way it continues to be, um, but we'll see. I, I don't think it's going to continue to be this way, but it would really be a story if the same thing happened this next week. Agreed, man. Um, Deontay Foreman, I have him here at number 21 against Baltimore. This is the tricky one for me because, you know, this is a tough matchup. They're playing in Baltimore. Deontay Foreman can't get game scripted out of this game, so keep that in mind. He's not a safe play, um, but, like, after a few really, really good ma- really good games, like, it, it's it's tough. Yeah. You know, it's tough. Um, like, I might want to take the risk and just play Corderell over him or Gus Edwards over him or – you know, Brian Robinson over him or DeAndre Swift over him even. Like, it, you know, it's it's getting to that point. However, it's possible that if this game remains close, you know, with Ra- the Ravens not having their weapons and, you know, if Mark Andrews plays, then obviously the Ravens are in much better shape. But, you know, Deontay Foreman is a little bit of a, a tricky play this week and it could be a trap. Yeah, he could be, especially the way the Ravens defense has been playing, you know. But yeah. we'll, we'll see if that continues uh, this week against Panthers. I wouldn't be surprised if it does because the Panthers – they have Baker Mayfield starting. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, Deontay Foreman might be the guy they lean on. We'll see if Chuba Hubbard gets mixed in uh, um, anymore. Um, yeah. I, I don't think they're going to you know, lean one way um, more than the other. If it's going to be one way, I think Deontay Foreman is going to get the majority of the touches, but we'll see. You never know. In games where I figure where a team goes down, which I figure this would be the case for the Panthers, sometimes they just mix things up to see what kind of spark they can get. Um, uh, Deontay Foreman, you know, he's a – he he's a decent start. I like him as a flex. At you know, he's best utilized as a flex this week for me. I like Cordell Patterson this week, man. Like I I know that the usage was terrible last week, but I just have a feeling that Patterson is going to get his rollback. You know, yeah. I, I I I don't know what I could like. We've seen this before with Patterson, right? Where like the usage is weird, and then the next week all of a sudden he has twenty carries. You know, yep. and I just feel like this is an opportunity to kind of buy him. Uh, and I'll start him, you know, because it's it's against Chicago. Chicago is one of the worst rushing defense in the league. And, you know, Patterson can have a big game. So I don't want that type of upside on my bench. No, you can't leave him on the bench at this point, especially, you know, what we know him to do with the touches that he gets. When he gets a good number of touches, you know, he can produce really well with that. I think that he should get more touches, like you said, this week. He shouldn't have to have his touches limited. Go ahead. He, he was playing... You know, he played coming off the injury. He had four games back to back. I mean, sorry, he had two games back to back within four or five days, right? Yeah. That Sunday and then that Thursday. And now he has ten days rest yep. between those two week between these two games. So I feel like he's going to be back. Yeah, I don't think. How I feel about it. I don't think Tyler Algier goes away. I think, like I said, they're going to continue to use him in tandem with Cordell Patterson. But first crack, and you know, most of the uh, you know important touches they're going to get early downs, goal line. I think it's going to be Cordell Patterson. Um, we've seen Caleb Huntley kind of come in a little bit and do his thing. Hopefully he goes away. Yeah. Just to spell them too. I don't think he's going to go away. I think he's kind of going to continue to be that pest in the backfield, but, um, it's, I don't think it's enough to take away the value of Cordero Patterson or even Tyler Algier. Um, at this point, Cordero Patterson is the running back to have 
Tyler Algier will be able to do his thing. We have him at 29. But Cordell Patterson, his upside is RB1, you know, every week. As long, if he gets the touches, he's going to be able to do his thing. I got Gus Edwards here at 23. Uh, maybe it's better to play Gus Edwards over Deontay Foreman. Like, I can see that playing out better. Um, yeah. Gus Edwards got a limited practice in on Wednesday. Um, and I think he's a safer play. Like, if you were looking, like, asking me, like, who's a safer play between Edwards and Foreman, I'll probably go Edwards because um, he has the upside, too, to score a touchdown or two and yep. um, against Carolina. So it's it's in Baltimore. Maybe I'll give the edge to Gus Edwards and, and kind of flip those two guys. Um, uh, Edwards and then Patterson and then Foreman. I think I might do that. Yeah. That's that, what I'm that, leaning towards. That makes sense. When we saw Gus Edwards play earlier this season, I mean, you know, obviously went back down with an injury, but um, when we saw him play, he looked good. You know, he, he's exactly what you'd expect from a Ravens running back, you know, 15, 16 carries. You know, he had two touchdowns, I think, when he played. So that's where the upside is going to come from. But I think he's he's a safe start compared to Deontay Foreman, who yeah. isn't necessarily safe, but the upside is better, I think, there. I have Brian Robinson in the top 24 here at, 20, at number 24 against Houston, right? Really yeah. good matchup. You know, we've seen that the, the, the commanders are willing – to give him a ton of carries and you know i am selling him right now after that huge carry game last week huge like workload that he had last week um because if anyone thinks that that's signs of things to come i would sell right now so yeah. and using the houston matchup as you know because the thing is like just this, a selling like, point yeah yeah because like you know okay cool like let's say he has a big game against houston like people know that houston's a good matchup yeah like people aren't like that stupid so it's like, all right, who is the next matchup? All right, well, I don't know if I want to start him that week. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to buy him. You know what Let's I'm saying? See. Like, who is people will guy? want to buy him because they want to start him this week. So I would do that. However, if you don't want to move him, you can't move him, whatever. I think he's a top 24 play this week against a, a bad Houston rushing defense. Yeah, I, I could see him, you know, doing well this week, definitely. Um, Antonio Gibson, we had him ranked a little bit higher just because of the receiving upside. This could be a more competitive game than you think, but Washington did look good last week, you know, when they were featuring both running backs, and it could get to the point where each of them are top 30 plays, you know, each week, um, obviously with Antonio Gibson having the higher upside. But Brian Robinson, um, there's no reason to expect him not to be able to achieve, you know, RB2 numbers with 26 carries. If he gets anything close to that, you know, I, I figure there's going to be a touchdown in there somewhere. So especially against his Houston defense, which is a good matchup. The matchup is what does it for me, what, like, what really keeps him up this high. But um he, yeah, he, exactly. could be, he could be a solid play for you even next week. I mean, the week after they play Atlanta, I think. So okay. he, he could be a spot starter for you. I don't think he's just... Yeah, I, I agree. He, I, I don't agree. think he's and a last that's resort why he, filler at this point. He has, he has value. Yeah. DeAndre Swift, I have him here at number 25. Super, super hard to trust. Yeah. But but he sells upside, and there's going to be a game where his snaps like increase. Well, yep. I hope so. It I hope there's a game where his snaps increase. I don't yeah. know when it's going to happen, but it can happen. We'll see if he gets some. Did he get a full practice in yesterday? I think he did. Um, uh, he might have. Let me check. Yeah, check that. But in the meantime, like, dude, like, I, I, I don't want to play DeAndre Swift unless I don't have any other like really good options. Like the guys I have after him are Michael Carter, Zeke Elliott, Elijah Mitchell, Tyler Algier, and James Robinson. None of those guys have like huge upside. So I'd rather just play DeAndre Swift and hope that he either lands in the end zone, which he has over the past couple weeks. Uh, you know, maybe not the week before, but last week and the week two weeks prior to that. So I'm okay starting DeAndre Swift this week. Um, yeah. and between those guys, Michael Carter 26, Zeke at 27. The reason why I have Zeke at 27 is because I expect them to move the ball and he can get a goal line carry. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elijah Mitchell, 
you know, maybe he sees 10 to 12 carries in this game against Arizona could be, you know, in line to have a little bit of work um, against a, a team that might go down, might be down this game. They might have to run the ball a lot. And then Tyler yeah. Algier against a bad Chicago defense. And then James Robinson at New England. Michael Carter had a little bit of an edge on that role uh, before their bye. Um, you know, so I- I'm okay. You know, both these guys are going to be my top 30, but they've been splitting uh, about 50-50 between the yeah. two of them. I don't see anything here about DeAndre Swift's practice status, actually. I'm scrolling through. So that means he practiced in full. Yeah. So... Assuming that is the case, uh, Jamal Williams actually apparently didn't practice on Wednesday because of an illness. I don't think that's going to yeah, help him out, but yeah. definitely something you know keep an eye on. But I think at some point DeAndre Swift's touches have to go up, and that'll be yeah. it. Could be any week now. Um, DeAndre Swift did practice healthy. did practice in full on Wednesday, so that's that means that he's he he's well he also practiced in full last week too. So yeah, <laughs> at some point, so <laughs> we'll it, it, it is what it is. He was off the practice reports. He was off the injury report too going into the game. But, yeah, but I yeah. think another week, if he is practicing in full and he has a workload similar to what we've been seeing, then it's time to hit the panic button because now it's like, why isn't he coming back and getting the touches that he's supposed to be getting? I, I, I would say this. I would say give him till week 12. I, right. I think it might not work this week. A little Thanksgiving leeway. <laughs> I would say, yeah, pretty much. Uh, he's playing on Thanksgiving, isn't he? Like the Lions yeah. always play on yep. Thanksgiving. So he's they're playing on today. Yeah, they're the afternoon game. Always the Lions. Maybe they save him for Thanksgiving. That's what it is. And then he can feast. <laughs> Love it. There you it. go, Zach. And with that, we're going to close out the podcast. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you guys. Um, the rankings will be up. If you want the full rankings, by the way, you can hit up our Patreon. The link is in our description. Um, and uh, all of our ra- like all the positional rankings will be there. All of the uh, flex rankings will be there. Obviously, not just the top you know, 20 and 30. We're going to go a lot deeper than that. And a lot of blurbs, too, will be put up for a lot of these players to give you a lot of context around um, around these players. So, like, you know, if something that I mentioned in this podcast that you didn't quite get, um, you know, it'll be in written form, too, on on the on the rankings. So you can go check that out, patreon.com, Upper Hand Fantasy. Google it, or you can hit the link in the description. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you tomorrow with our uh, wide receiver and tight end rankings, and we'll go over Thursday night's game, and we'll go over a bunch of stuff going into the weekend. Take it easy, guys. See ya tomorrow. Bye-bye. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 